With great mojo comes great responsibility. Mojo 5 Mojo 5 We will make America great again. Sam Sorbo. And welcome to the Sam Sorbo Show. I'm Sam Sorbo, your host here on Mojo50.com. Such a pleasure to be here with you today. Is COVID-19 being weaponized? I mean, more so than we think. Also, Planned Parenthood fires their top executive. You won't believe the allegations that are coming out now. And MasterCard is changing its name. Stay tuned for that story. But before I get into all of that, I'm very excited to bring to you a guest who has actually received... The OBE from Queen Elizabeth II for services to music and hymn writing. The OBE is the Order of the British Empire. It is the most excellent order of the British Empire. It is an order of chivalry, rewarding contributions to the arts and sciences, work with charitable and welfare organizations and public service outside civil service. I want to play you a quick bit of uh, something that uh, that this individual is responsible for. Listen to this. All right. So that is In Christ Alone, uh, sung by Keith and Kristen Getty, along with Alison Krauss, who is a favorite of mine, frankly. And I'm welcoming to the show Keith Getty, who is the composer and uh, uh, a prolific hymn writer. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Sam. It's an honor to be on the show. I hope I didn't botch that introduction too much. I'm a, I'm a little bit overwhelmed because uh, well, I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of scared. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> oh my goodness! So so your hymns uh, like that one, uh, uh, and and you wrote that one with Stuart Town. Is it Townsend? Townend. 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 And um, you talk funny, but you sing. You sing straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my wife sings. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't clever enough. I'm, I'm not clever enough to sing, and I'm not, and I'm not, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not good looking enough. So I, I just write the hymns instead. But yeah, we've been doing that. We've been doing it for 20 years this year. Actually, we started doing the hymns 20 years ago. So. 20 years. You founded Getty Music. You're, yeah. uh, you're uh, related to um, a great apologist for the faith, who of whom I am a big fan. Uh, your wife. He he introduced us. He introduced us actually. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was a when I was at university, I was I had I had some questions about the Christian faith, and my, my parents introduced me to him just before I started university, and then we built up this great friendship. And uh, so I kept pestering him and calling him over the years, and then he finally introduced me to his niece. And from the first time I met her, I've pretty much I've pretty much you know thought about her and. And every single day since. So, so he, he was, he is, he is, although a daughtery old professor, he is a master matchmaker. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a beautiful story. The reason that you're here with us today is because you're producing an incredible music festival. That's right. That's right. The Sing Conference started back in, in 2017. And uh, I think it was the largest, became the largest sort of uh, worship conference, I guess, in, in, in North America. So last year, 
And then, without, of course, with everything collapsing, we were kind of distraught about what to do. And we thought, you know, because because from the start, our foundation had been supporting internationals to come. The internationals were all saying, but why does it have to stop? And so, so we decided to reinvent it and call it, instead of calling it Sing 2020, we just changed its name to Sing Global. And really, it's, it's, it's where half of the music's launched, half of the music's done from the, the, the Grand Ole Opry house in Nashville, but the other half is done from different platforms across the six continents of the world. And where it's, a, it's an opportunity for people to join voice, join, join, join their voices with people literally from probably over a hundred countries in the world, uh, with, 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 with speakers from, from Packer to Keller to Piper to John Lennox to Johnny Erickson Tata, uh, to, to many, David Platt to many others, uh, to share and celebrate um, our, our faith uh, at the end of the summer this year. Our faith and, and, and our hope, right? Because that is where we, from where we derive our hope. And by the way, we, we should have mentioned Professor John Lennox's name before we didn't. So that's the uncle that oh, we, we were didn't. talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah. The mystery <laughs> we uncle we sort has of been revealed. skipped <laughs> over it. Uh, and, and he's speaking along with Johnny Erickson Tata and, and the several other people that you, uh, that you mentioned. So uh, tickets are available online. Uh, when, right. when is it exactly? It's it's the thirty first of April. Sorry, sorry, April. <laughs> I would have missed it. It's the thirty first <laughs> of August, first and second of September. But the great thing about it is we're really trying to reinvent conference. So the actual conference itself is a live event. So it's over over four days: thirtieth, thirty first of August, first, second of September. Um, but it actually then is available if you sign up. All the materials, including sixty seminars and concerts, are all available for the whole fall. So they go right through to Thanksgiving. You'll be able, you'll be able to enjoy them in your homes. So you're really investing in this kind of teaching tool. And these set of concerts, uh, which you can just enjoy and share with your friends and share with your family um, all through the fall. Re- really wanting to sustain people, both with great teaching, with biblical worship, but also with beautiful art to the glory of the Lord as well. I, I think, you know, the, 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 the Christian community hasn't come out with much, much of that in their voice and their tone. And we're so excited to be able to bring that as well, just to build people up and encourage them. At this, at this crazy time. To build people up and encourage them. And by the way, I mean, it's actually quite brilliant because so often you go to, you'll, you'll go to a conference and there's so much to, because obviously you're going to the conference because it's of a subject matter that interests you, but they'll have multiple speakers at the same time. And, you know, sometimes I'll bounce back and forth between a couple different speakers, but I always feel like I'm missing something. In this case, it's an enormous conference. You're going in person is great, but you're going to miss something and you still have access to it long after the conference for a very reasonable price. I've been to conferences where you can buy all of the seed, all of the DVDs for the speakers, but it goes up to the hundreds of dollars, whereas this is uh, much more reasonable and you, you just have access to it through the fall. Uh, it sounds just phenomenal. I, I can't wait to, uh, I, I'm hoping that it has a lasting impact. W- what are you what are you hoping that people take away from this event? Well, well, the idea was going to be singing the scriptures. And so, you know, we want people to sing the scriptures. We want people to, to learn the scriptures. We want people to live the scriptures. But we want people to celebrate it in music and art as well. So, you know, that, that you know, we, the generation we live in, when I first met John Lennox uh, back as a, as a teenager, you know, he said, you know, he said, we need to build deep believers for the 21st century. He said, you need to be the best musician you can be, but your faith needs to be growing faster and deeper than your career. So whether you're a mother, whether you're a, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a musician, whether you're an accountant, whether you're a student, whatever it is, if you can look at your life at this point and say, yes, my faith with the Lord and my knowledge of the scripture is growing deeper than my, my, than my professional acceleration, 
then you're in a healthy position. If that's not the case, if that's not the case, then then you're 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 heading towards a fracture or a break or 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 or, or a dysfunctional breakdown of some kind or another. And I just believe that COVID gives us this unique opportunity that we never asked for and that we'll never have again to as individuals, as families, as churches, and actually as as one church around the world of Jesus Christ, to actually be able to really grow deeper in his word and, and become deeper, stronger, more stable, more beautiful, more more vibrant Christians. I have noticed that uh, it, because because it's so isolating, um, it has drawn people closer. And uh, yeah. my church, so we go to church online these days uh, because we've yeah. moved recently, and my church is in L.A. Um, yeah. And because there's not much opportunity to find a church now, since they're not really mm-hmm. having, you know, uh, uh, you can't go to church really. Uh, so we go to church online. And what I'm noticing is my church in L.A. has grown like threefold. Right. Um, and in right. fact, they're actually doing services, which is, I believe, against the mandates that the, that the government has given. Uh, I, I believe it's against their, the mandates. Um, but he's saying, you know, my, my pastor's saying, I, I serve God. I don't serve government. You know, I, I answer to God. God is the authority here. And um, I, they don't show us who's in the crowd. But it sounds like it's a much larger crowd. <laughs> so it seems like, look, we're in a time of great uncertainty. And there's a lot of conflicting news out there, uh, which makes us suspicious of all news. And at the same time, quite fearful. So where should we turn for reassurance? But to the church. If we can. Perhaps. Absolutely. And as I said, it, it's a time we've even found with our kids, we, we find our, our prayer lives has become stronger, our, but, but also even our time with our kids, our devotional time reading the Bible. We've been working through the Bible this year with our kids. And it's just, you know, if we get behind in our schedules in the morning, you know, we, we don't miss carpool. We, we don't like struggle to miss carpool and then have to dump the devotions. We just take our time and do it. And I really believe that. Well, you really don't have. Where Where are you, by the way, roughly? We're in Nashville at the minute. We'll be oh, living in Ireland, but we're, but we're in Nashville at the minute. We're usually in Ireland in the summer. You're usually, okay. Unfortunately, we're, you know, ha- unfortunately, this summer we're, we're, we're barbecuing and cooking ourselves in, in Nashville, in right. Nashville, in this kind of in this kind of allergy basin of heat that is Nashville. Oh, dear. And, uh, and, yeah, and, yeah. and but, by um, the way, that's heat, not hate. <laughs> Sorry, heat. <laughs> can you, Sam, can I actually you, bring you to the conference yeah, and you translate need a, for me? You need a that translator. That would be great. That'd be so, great. Um, how yeah. old are your kids? These four girls, um, Eliza is nine, Charlotte is six and a half tomorrow, and Gracie is five today. And Tally is too. So we're heading like blueberry picking today. Wow. To celebrate to celebrate to celebrate Gracie's birthday. So it's very exciting. Wow. So homeschool, you know you have to homeschool, right? We do now for sure. We, we 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 homeschooled them until last year, then we put them into normal school. And they were in normal school six more a Christian school a Christian school in our area. Right. And they were in there six months and then COVID happened, so they're then, back home again. Yeah. So. And and the thing is, uh, homeschool. So I'm an advocate for homeschooling. It is such a blessing. Sure. I'll send you a book if you'd like. Um, Please do. I wrote a book called "They're Your Kids," and uh, what's happening in our schools today is is the destruction of our youth. It's the destruction of our youth. Now there are some Christian schools uh, who who strive to get it right, but the paradigm yeah. of the school is wrong. 
The paradigm of the school is to teach obedience. And if you look at what's happening in our culture today, we have really learned the lesson of obedience because we are obeying orders that have no scientific founding anymore. We have conflicting, we have tons of experts and they conflict. And then the, you know, our overlords just tell us, well, do this. And we all obey. It's really quite, quite profound when you understand uh, what comes out of the, the school system itself. Um, and the other, the other problem is that the Christian schools typically will teach from uh, what, what we call regular textbooks, right? And the regular textbooks have been perverted by, uh, by disbelievers. And so you're going to get uh, conflicting values given to your children when they're out of your sight and out of your control. And that's just going to be a fight when they come home. So that's why I always advocate for homeschooling. But, uh, and by the way, they, it's a great way for them to learn the business. The yeah, business yeah. that you're in, which is a fantastic business, uh, uh, and serve and service, right? Uh, mission, because your business is a mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. It's great. Well, listen, that's how old are your kids, Sam? Are your kids growing 18, up? 18, 16, and 14. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. so I just, just they, graduating high school and, uh, oh, wow. Very strong. And we do. We do our devotions every morning. Uh, and that's been Here. just a blessing. And, and with COVID, of course, there is no carpool. There are no, yeah, do you know what I mean? I, I have the radio. The, the that's, COVID. that's my, you know, that's my appointment every morning. But, um, other than that, we, uh, you know, we sit down for breakfast long before that and, and yeah. have our devotions every morning. So, yeah. well, if any of your kids are, if, if any of the kids that are listening out there are parents, are bored on a Tuesday evening. Tuesday evenings, we do a, we do a hymn sing out in our back lawn. We put it up on Facebook. It's up on YouTube as well, but you can watch it on Keith and Chris and Getty Facebook site. Tonight, we've got Andrew Peterson and his daughter joining us, and it's just called Family Hymn Sing. Hold We're on. doing families in our area around. That's awesome. So, Hold on. You, so, you spoke very quickly. So Keith oh, sorry. and so Kristen Getty. Yeah, Keith and Getty on Facebook. On or Facebook, watch, okay. Or you can watch any old episodes on YouTube. They're all up on YouTube. And uh, but but tonight we've got Andrew and Sky Peterson joining us, and uh, Andrew Peterson, the artist, and his daughter, and we're going to have a sing sing along with them. So if um if anybody if anybody if anybody's bored or lonely out there or, or want to sing to the Lord at seven fifteen or just or just watch it on YouTube later, and then we I recommend that to you as well. We need a time since, zone. Since subject, seven fifteen central, central Central Standard Time. Okay, so eight fifteen Eastern. That's correct. And, uh, in California. Okay, and the website for Sing the conference and festival is is Getty Music Worship Conference. Or if you go to Getty Music, you can get it there too. Getty or is spelled G E T T Y. Getty Music, and uh, that's awesome. Keith Getty, thank you so much for joining me. You're a pleasure to speak with. Sam, it's been a real honor. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll, pa- I'll, I'll pass your love on to on to Professor John. Please do. All right. Take care. <laughs> okay, that was awesome. We're going to move on now. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get to COVID-19 being weaponized. Let's talk about Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood has just fired a top executive over allegations of racism. Say what? That's amazing. A top executive. The organization's board of, of directors announced last Tuesday that they had parted ways on Monday with Laura McQuaid, who had served as chief executive of uh, Planned Parenthood of Greater New York. Only since 2017, this is reported in the New York Times, the news came after allegations of both abusive and discriminatory behavior towards black Planned Parenthood employees. Not to mention all the black babies that they kill. I'm just saying. 
Hundreds of employees formed a group called Save PPGNY and spoke out against McQuaid in the form of letters, letters that demanded she be removed from her position. One of them said, we reject what we view as McQuaid's Trumpian leadership style. I challenge you to find a moment where Trump has been a racist, has been demonstrably racist. I challenge you. Uh, They envisioned a Planned Parenthood where all their staff, in particular their black and other staff of color, are honored for their expertise, including in the decision-making process. This is, And it's interesting because I just saw another article about how the progressive left is devouring itself. They are now tearing down statues of progressives. And that is the problem with the communist ideology. And I know I keep going back to communism. It was interesting because I I was having dinner last night with a, um, how do I put it? So, so he's, he's conservative and, uh, let's see. And yeah, conflicted, conservative and conflicted. So I think um, he's he's sort of a fiscal conservative, social liberal, okay, which is con- which is conflict in in and of itself. Um, it's it's basically fence sitting of the highest form. You you can't succeed with that. You you can only dream, uh, and of course, dreams in that sense can't come true. Um. And he didn't understand my pro-life stance. This was fascinating to me because we agreed on so much. And then we got to this uh, uh, so-called sticking point, if you will. And he said, but, but don't you think that it's the woman's choice? And I said, well, in the sense that it's murder, n- not really. And he said, well, you know, I was just raised to believe. And he's older. He said, I was raised to believe uh, that Planned Parenthood was doing good work for people, that, that it was, and, and by the way, this was his mother who raised him to believe that. And by the way, I was raised to believe the same thing, folks. <laughs> if you get pregnant, you don't want to be burdened with a baby. Just go and have it sucked out. But that is murder. So we're counseling our youth to murder. Here's the, here's the thing. And I'm, I'm involved in uh, a pro-life documentary that I'm very excited about that uh, is part of the reason that I'm stepping down from radio temporarily. I just have, have too much stuff on my plate and I, I needed to uh, unburden, unburden myself a little bit, not of a baby, but just of other things. And so, um, so I said to him, I said, it's murder, and, you know, it was supposed to be just in the case of rape and incest. Um, That proved to be a lie. And now it's the wholesale slaughter of innocence. But but, um, my two dinner companions had no idea that Planned Parenthood is involved in sex education in schools. They had no idea that children are being sexualized as young as kindergarten and first grade in our schools. They had no idea. Now, I don't know exactly where they get their news. I'm sure that they watch Fox, but they read the New York Times as well. Um, And, and of course, the 
the problem is that if you were raised to believe that uh, that Planned Parenthood does good work, let's say, then it's very difficult to re-educate you, to, to uneducate you, okay? There's a website called blackgenocide.org. And it has a page called The Truth About Margaret Sanger. So our dinner companions had no idea that Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, was a white supremacist. And it's so funny that Planned Parenthood just fired what they would term was a white supremacist. They just fired her for being a white supremacist. Your founder was a white supremacist, Planned Parenthood. Maybe you should cancel yourselves. Wouldn't that be brilliant? So at a March 1925 international birth control gathering in New York City, a speaker warned of the menace posed by the black and yellow peril. The man was not a Nazi or a Klansman. He was Dr. S. Adolphus Knopf. He was a member of Margaret Sanger's American Birth Control League, which, along with other groups, eventually became known as Planned Parenthood. Some other colleagues included avowed and sophisticated racists. Lothrop Stoddard, Harvard graduate, the author of The Rising Tide of Color Against White Supremacy. Stoddard was something of a Nazi enthusiast who described the eugenic practices of the Third Reich as scientific and humanitarian. There was Dr. Harry Laughlin. He was another board member for her group. He spoke of purifying America's human breeding stock, purging America's bad strains. Uh, By the way, those strains, uh, they included the, quote, shiftless, ignorant, and worthless class of antisocial whites of the South. Not to be outdone by them, Margaret Sanger spoke of sterilizing those she designated as unfit, a plan she said would be the salvation of American civilization. She spoke of those who were irresponsible and reckless, whose religious scruples prevent their exercising control over their numbers. Now, here's what's fascinating. Because Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger was against the proliferation of human beings, specifically black human beings, but more generally, all human beings. Okay? And Planned Parenthood, while also dedicated to, uh, and, and by the way, the part of uh, what I was getting to was she advocated more in terms of abstinence and birth control than the practice of abortion. Although she founded Planned Parenthood, which was to practice abortion, because my gosh, if they can't control their libidos, then you've just got to do something on the other end. Now, Planned Parenthood is actively engaged in encouraging wanton sexual behavior because that's their bread and butter. They're selling the fetuses. Fetuses, feti, babies. You know that fetus in Latin is actually the word for baby. (laughs) 
That's what it means. All right. She actually has a quote. I, I, I've, um, I haven't been able to find it uh, quickly be- while I was prepping for the show today, but she does have a quote about how they need to be, um, they, they basically should do, try to do away as, as much as possible with the black race but don't let don't let on to black pastors that that's what they're about literally um she uh, gave a speech asserting seven conditions of life that mandated the use of birth control the first was when parents though normal had subnormal children the fourth was when husband and wife were adolescent the fifth when the earning capacity of the father was inadequate There's no right existed to exercise sex knowledge to advance procreation. Sanger described the fact that anyone, no matter how ignorant, how diseased mentally or physically, how lacking in all knowledge of children, seemed to consider he or she had the right to become a parent. Imagine people thinking that they just have the right to become a parent. Uh, Anyway. And so they uh, they laid off this obvious uh, white supremacist from Planned Parenthood. Um, they their their quote is: "While we know that there is still work to do, we are happy for this victory." It's so funny because they have no idea how hypocritical they are. Let's talk about the Portland strippers. Portland strippers are marching for equitable scheduling of black dancers. No justice, no booty. That was one of the rallying cries during the uh, stripper strike protest. About 100 people gathered for the event, which marched along Southeast Stark Avenue in, guess where? Portland. Pretty funny. (laughs) I want to play you this quick little tidbit of one of the organizers or maybe she's the organizer it's it's not what you think it's 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 kind of interesting listen we are not asking dancers to stop working what we're asking is that the club sign on and that the rest of the community show their support for this go out to clubs throw some money on butts especially black butts we've been systemically disenfranchised and i think that what we're trying to do here is make sure that people hear us this time. This- she literally says black butts matter. Strike is really to let people know that we don't have to do business with people who aren't working to better themselves. So we're not asking for a boycott. We're asking you to ask your local businesses what their anti-discrimination policy is and what they're doing to make things better because we are the best city in the world as far as strip club goes and as far as a lot of other stuff goes too. And so if we can be far and away ahead of everybody else, we'll just set a good example because it's easy. (laughs) There you go. Because it's easy. And so, gentlemen, when you go to a strip club, I urge you to ask the management what their policy is about uh, race and uh, who's allowed to take their clothes off and what color skin they have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't help it. Please. Come on. Seriously? All right. 
Clay Clark is joining me. He is the host of the Thrive Time radio show. He's also the founder of Thrive15.com, which is a highly respected business school as seen on Forbes, Bloomberg, Yahoo Finance, etc. He's an entrepreneur and uh, somewhat brilliant. Is that, uh, is that adequate, Clay Clark, to introduce you? Uh, somewhat brilliant. I, I might argue with you there. I did take algebra three times and I took my ACT multiple times, but I'm very good at building businesses for whatever that's worth. That, it, but it's awesome. So you're somewhat brilliant and that's really all we crave on this show. Just, a, just somewhat of brilliance. Uh, uh okay. glimpses, yeah. glimpses of brilliant. We don't need to be blinded by your brilliance. We just want little glimpses of it. <laughs> Let's talk okay. about COVID-19 and, sure. uh, and, this idea that it's actually being weaponized even more than, than some of us suspect. So first of well, all, go ahead. Yeah. It started off with, uh, I'm watching the Oklahoma city thunder game and the game is stopped by the referees. There's a panic and there's this fear. It's a, it's a fear bomb. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to spend all night. You know what? I haven't been up all night for a long time. I'm 39. I'm a former disc jockey. I need to pull an all nighter here to see what's going on. So I look into the models and I think who made the models? And I found out Neil Ferguson made the models. And I'm like, well, who, <laughs> who does Neil Ferguson work for? And I find out he works for the Abdul Latif Jamil Institute. And then I find out that I uh, said, so well, what's he recommend? Well, Neil Ferguson recommends we shut our country down and buy stuff online. And I figured out, I figured out who funded Neil Ferguson, who actually is funding the Abdul Latif Jamil Institute. And I would encourage all your listeners not to believe me. But if you Google search this right now, type in Amazon invests in the Abdul Latif Jamil Institute. So I discovered Neil Ferguson is making the models. Neil Ferguson is funded by Amazon. And Neil Ferguson thinks we should all stay home and buy online. So right away, I went upstairs uh, at about six or seven in the morning. And I announced to my wife after having not slept this is crap. And so I put a link to all the information that I'm sharing with your listeners right now at thrivetimeshow.com and they can verify all of this. It's all cited, but it all started with a great big fear bomb created by nefarious Neil Ferguson. Well, and Neil Ferguson is the same, uh, the same guy who advocated for the lockdown, but then broke it himself because he doesn't believe in it. He's just advocating for it. He's bought and paid for. Uh, he broke sure. it himself to go and meet with his married lover. And then he had to step down. Right. Right. Neil had to step down. So I struggle with uh, this idea that the CDC has now revised their figures. It's been a couple weeks. But nobody – here's the problem. So we're operating under fear, and the fear is not allayed when they revise their figures. You know, this is interesting, Sam. A little secret for the listeners. If you go to the CDC website right now, or just do a Google search right now, type in CDC and then spell out this word, folks. Type it in S-E-R-O-L-O-G-Y. And you want to look up, what does it mean if you test positive for COVID-19? Because I have three of my friends so far that have tested positive. Right here on the CDC's website, I shall read to you. It says, if you test positive, a positive test result shows you might have antibodies from an infection with the virus that causes COVID-19. However, there is a chance a positive result means that you have antibodies from an infection with the virus from the same family of viruses, such as the one that causes the common cold. So I've had three of my friends who've had COVID. All of them are not dead. And one of them, actually, he says, I got, I, I got diagnosed with COVID. I'm, I'm, am I going to be okay? Because he knows about my show a little bit. He knows about the Thrive Time show. And he says, am I going to be okay? I said, 
how did you get diagnosed? Sam, I cannot make this up. He got diagnosed over the phone because he had a fever and a cough. The person says, well, it sounds like it's COVID-like. Yeah. So you need to quarantine yourself. And by the way, you need to like not be, a, you need to not go outside. You need to shut your business down for two weeks. So my friend emerges yesterday out of the hole, out of being in the, the, the quarantine. He's stuck in his house for two weeks. And he was diagnosed over the phone. This is insanity. So, but, but, but we're just going along with it. And, and so I, I, I'm struggling today because I had an exchange over the weekend with somebody who I really uh, love and admire, who I thought was a conservative. Uh, and when I said, you know, uh, let's get together, um, the reaction was, well, it's going to be a little bit different than usual. And uh, because, you know, this virus thing. And I said, well, at least the numbers are coming down and, you know, uh, at least it's not as dangerous as we thought. And her response was, I don't know where you get your news, but I'm listening to the experts. And I responded, "Uh, I go off of the CDC. I don't know what other expert is bona fide for everyone, but the CDC. And that did not placate her. Apparently, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong CDC. Well, okay. Uh, let's talk about this for a second. Um, the CDC, um, the Center for Disease Control, and then you have the National Institute of Health. All right. So, uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, every time you watch TV, he's going to hop up there and he's going to say, well, we got to, we got to mitigate, Sam. We got to, we got to wear masks. We got to, uh, we don't have to wear masks. We should, so we, we shouldn't shut the border down. We, we, we should shut the border down. He, he changes all the time. I know. But what we do is that 54 scientists who work for the National Institute of Health, have now been fired due to failing to disclose they get paid by the Chinese communists. And there's over 400 additional scientists from the National Institute of Health who are being investigated for working with the commies. So just because I'm a doctor doesn't mean I'm a good doctor. So it's not just Harvard that's in bed with the commies. It's actually our own government. What? Yeah. The National Institute of Health. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say... um. An interesting thought was, I believe slavery is wrong. A controversial idea. Controversial. <laughs> but there was a time in American history where people believed, if, if you lived in the South, you thought, well, you know, he is my uncle. So I guess I, if my uncle says that we should ha- go ahead and keep slaves, I don't want to offend my uncle. And so we're just going to go with it because there's kind of a certain cultural momentum to slavery. We don't want to, I don't want to rock the boat because he is my cousin. And although he's wrong, I don't want to upset my best friend, my best girlfriend, my best neighbor. There are times when the bonds that hold us together uh, no longer can hold us together. We must separate those relationships. So there are certain people in my life, I've now passed 50 times so far in the last four months, where I've told people I've known for years, you are wrong. And if you insist on shutting down our economy and killing every uh, business in America to hide from a virus that turns out to be less lethal than the common flu of 2017, 2018, we must never speak again. But get off my Facebook. I'm done with you. And I've said this directly to family, friends, neighbors, but I've met new friends, friends that aren't idiots. And that's what we have to do. Now, this is kind of a American information civil war. That's what I'm describing it as. Uh, an information civil war, but it's it's growing. And my what oh, I yeah. struggle with is it's fear that's driving people. So I don't think that that 
look, she just knows so much that isn't true. And it's fear that's driving her. And and so what I'm saying is that people are so afraid that new information can't get through. Because they're still stuck with the old information. No, two million deaths. Two million deaths. That's a lot of... I I had people say to me, but Sam, we've got, you know, 75,000 deaths now. Is it... What what, doesn't that mean something? And I'm like, it. of course it means something, but how many people are dying from the shutdown? Like, everything... You can't just take it in a vacuum. Well, what you're doing is we're being tested to see our resolve. And unfortunately, we're not doing very well with no, our resolve. we're but failing. A week from now, what's going to happen is uh, um, if you make the poor life choice to have me on your show again, we'll be talking about the new Chinese swine, the new Chinese swine flu, because that'll be the news story. And uh, that'll be the news story, the new Chinese swine flu. CNN broke this five hours ago. The Guardian, one hour ago. The BBC, 16 hours ago. And then people, if you, the thing is, folks. Why you should can't I worry about that? I'm not from, a swine. Uh, it's, it, people are uh, uh, trained to um, listen to CNN. I mean, CNN can say crazy stuff. Like CNN could say that uh, in anything, like we need to shut all of our businesses down. And we need to just uh, uh, not try to develop antibodies. Right. And we need to just hide. And even though sunlight has been shown to help uh, deal with flus, and even though this virus is less, I mean, your kids have a, a less of a chance of dying from COVID than they have of dying from lightning. Even though these things are true, we must do what's responsible. Chris Cuomo, a.k.a. liberal Jesus, Chris Cuomo can get up there and tell you <laughs> anything. He can tell you to lock down for months. And it can be proven that he doesn't lock down. Cuomo can tell you to be locked down for months, but Cuomo doesn't lock down. And people just blindly trust it. Trusting saying, oh, this makes a lot of sense. Chris Cuomo is telling me what to do and his brother is telling me what to do. People just blindly accept this stuff. And folks, you've got to wake up. Right. And uh, so, and this is what I've been harping on for, oh my gosh. I mean, it's almost a decade now uh, because it, it all stems from our education system. But talk to me about, talk to me, and, and uh, just briefly, it stems from our education system because people are not equipped to evaluate information. They're only equipped to accept information from a bona fide source. And of course, the definition of bona fide source is different for, for everybody. But, um, but that's like my girlfriend saying, well, I'm just listening to the experts. No, you're listening to specific experts that you have chosen from among a panoply of experts. And I have different experts and you have disqualified my experts because of your, pre- your premature bias and because of fear. And to tie it all together, let's be clear. That is the currency. Fear is the currency of the communists. Now... I want to I want to lay this on you because this is my theory. I think Biden, I think the reason that we still have Biden and I have it on very good authority that he literally can't string two sentences together, that it's not just a fleeting every so often he goes a little woozy, but that he but that he he seriously has some mental deficiencies like full time alarming. full time. Yes. But I have a feeling that that the reason that we have Biden as the Democrat choice is because of china yes i I would say what you are looking at right now and i'm glad that uh alvin gore mr al gore the guy who invented the internet i'm glad that he's finally disclosing who he really is finally uh but your listeners can type this into google right now while you can still find it 
Um, just type in Al Gore, UN Secretary General, others now demanding great reset of global capitalism. So Al Gore wants to reset the world and move to a one world order, a new way of doing life, a way of total control, a way of eliminating free thought. So even though I, uh, Elon Musk is not a Judeo-Christian, sure. he and I share the same free thought. Sorry. And so we believe in free thought. No, no problem. Elon Musk believes in free thought. I believe in free thought. You believe in free thought. So Elon Musk has been saying that coronavirus is stupid. He said COVID-19 is stupid. He wrote on his Twitter feed that fear kills logic. I mean, these are obvious ideas. But again, China re- recognizes that Americans can be controlled by media. And he knows this, that China knows this, Al Gore knows this. And so what your listeners have to do is we have to become good at communicating. Now, I can tell you, I have convinced thousands of people that COVID-19 is not deadly. I have on my podcast. I know this because they've emailed me. But what we have to do is we don't want to get into personal attacks. We never want to personally attack somebody. We just want to use the facts. All right? So mm-hmm. what you do is you ask somebody, you say, see, it's called the Socratic method, Socrates. You say, so what makes you afraid of the virus? And they're going to go, well, I just, I heard that, that 2.2 million people might die. And you go, okay, well, let me just show you. And you show them the facts. I have a computer in front of you, show it to them, say, uh, Deborah Burks even came out and said this, that 2.2 million people are going to die. Now they've adjusted that down to 80-something thousand. And then you say, by the way, do you know that if somebody dies of a heart attack but also shows evidence of having COVID, which, by the way, when you test positive of COVID, according to the CDC, you might just have a common flu, but they can put that on the death tax. You know, the numbers are inflated, right? Yeah. And they go, really? Right. And then you say, okay. And then you start to say, who are the big winners here? Who's winning? Right. Amazon's winning. And Amazon funded the models. Okay, okay. And who's winning? The the, the, the vaccine guy, the, the vaccine vulture, you know, Bill Gates, he's the one winning. And guess what? He's the one telling you to shut down. He's the one with the vaccines. And you start to use logic. You got to use your Joel Osteen voice. Because the moment that you start using the outside voice, you, you, you no, can't I get screechy. That's my problem. I get screechy. Yeah, well, communication hasn't occurred until both <laughs> parties understand the information. So I'm an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, and we have to get good at convincing. We all need to go to sales school, and the biggest sales pitch ever, let me, t- let me tell your listeners what's going to happen. we got to sell it, and you're not going to make any commission when you, when, you, when you make the sale. And what we're selling is freedom, free thought. And we better become very good at this sales pitch. And so I'm trying to do today, my motive for being on your show today is if your listeners go to thrivetimeshow.com, and they click on the COVID chaos button. I wrote a book that factually states everything you need to know about COVID-19. And this book was banned by Amazon until Mr. Uh, uh, Elon Musk came out and called for the breakup of the Amazon monopoly. And then it was remarkable. My book and hundreds of other books that will teach you the truth became unbanned. Now remember this, you could buy Adolf Hitler's book, Mein Kampf, but you couldn't buy my book because it was hateful. So I'm giving that book away for all your listeners for free. They can, they can download it for free. Uh, you can get the PDF. You can get the audio book. And you don't have to give me your name. You don't have to give me your email. You don't have to give me your, your phone number. And, and, I, and I ban you from buying it. Do not buy my book. I don't want to financially benefit from COVID-19. But just get the book for free. Go to ThriveTimeShow.com and click the COVID chaos book, the book and get that book for free. Because we've got to cure America from the fear. We've got to unmask the fear. That's right. Well, thank you for doing that. So thrivetimeshow.com, there's the book. And I, and I just, uh, I tweeted that out and I put it on Facebook and all that good stuff. So it's out there. Um, 
I really appreciate yeah, it, you. Uh, it's it's um, it's demoralizing, honestly, for people who are up against people who just don't understand. And and you know, here's the thing, well, I, you know, there are a lot of older people in the area where I live, and they're afraid, and 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 rightly so, actually, because it preys on older people, right? If you're immunocompromised, if if you're uh, elderly and and you have a comorbidity, it it could get yeah. you. But I don't believe that the masks really do much. Um, and I see people out walking or biking or jogging with a mask on. Well, you know, okay, let's, let's get into the facts. And I love that your show is all about facts. According to Bloomberg, which is obviously left of center, uh, left of center, 99.2% of all the people who have died in Italy were elderly people with deeply compromised immune systems. Okay. Now I can only personify this or give you an example from people I know, but I know of a, a lady, she passed away. And her, her, her uh, uh, granddaughter says, you know, the person died of COVID-19. I said, that's terrible. Well, find out the person's like 93, 93 years old and had all sorts of health issues. Right. I mean, folks, we're eventually going to die. Now, what's interesting is the mayor of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, is one of my clients. The mayor of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. It's a suburb of Tulsa. Mayor Craig Thurman's one of my clients. And we've discovered it's kind of crazy. The number of flu deaths this year has, is like disappearing. So it's yes. like... Back in the day, back in 2019, elderly people with deeply compromised immune systems who used to die from pneumonia or the flu, they, COVID-19 has healed them. Now they only die of COVID-19. Yeah, That's I know. a fact. Yeah. Now, now I want to get – because I want your listeners to become activists today, okay? Remember, folks, we're trying to sell freedom. We're trying to sell free thought. Uh, there's a Bible verse. I know the Bible's controversial, uh, but the <laughs> Bible, uh, Matthew 5.10 reads, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I repeat, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Our logo as a Christian is the cross. So don't tell me that you don't want to have conflict with your sister. Don't tell me that you don't want to fight with your friend from college. Get serious, folks. Share the truth. And let me tell you a little motivational story. There's this controversial figure named Abraham Lincoln back in the day. And he had this theory, this Emancipation Proclamation, that he felt that we should be judging people by the color of their skin. No, he didn't. He said we should judge people by the, by, by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Everybody should be free, equal. We're all created by God. And guess what? People didn't like the idea. People thought it was crazy. They but shot him. And you know, he died for it. But check <laughs> this out. I believe that heaven is the bonus round. Heaven is the whole thing. So I believe in eternity. And it's time for you to get serious, all the listeners to get serious. It's time for us to get serious. If you are a Judeo-Christian, you've got nothing to lose. I do not fear death. We need to get serious. Okay, we amen be a to that. Clay Clark, you're, you're absolutely right, and let me add this. If you love people, don't you want to set them free from their fear? Right. If you love people, don't you owe it to them to give them the truth? If you love people. Yes. Shouldn't you yes. be telling them what you actually think as opposed to hiding? True. True. You know, we had an employee. It was so sad. So sad. A young lady, a couple of years back, one of my companies, she says, can I talk to your wife? I want to get, we have five kids. She's like, can I talk to your wife? I want marriage. I need some uh, a parenting advice. And I said, sure. Now, this is a young lady. You can picture her. She's like 23, 24. And I said, uh, what do you, you want to ask her? She says, well, I'm having some problems raising my kids and I just need some tips. So how many kids are you raising? True story. She says, well, I'm raising four kids. She's 23. 
So you're 23, raising four kids. And I said, are they your kids? She goes, no, um, the guy that I'm going to get married to, it's his kids. So I said, wait a minute. So you're 23. You're marrying a guy who has three kids, four kids. She says, yes, he has kids. I said, how old is he? She says, he, he's late 40s. I'm like, how old is the youngest kid you're raising? She says, uh, 17. I'm like, so you're a 23-year-old trying to be the mom of the kids? No, no, no. Here's the, it's about the time for that Dr. Laura advice. I said, you are living in adultery. You are wrecking a marriage. You're a homewrecker. You got to quit doing that. You can't, my wife can't sit down with you and give you pro tips on how to raise kids when you're having an affair with a married man and trying to raise, what's going on? And she actually said to me, she tears in her eyes. I knew it. I, I knew that. I knew that was there. I mean, but again, this is right. a godless generation. I, I, I knew it. So you're saying I should just leave him. I'm like, yes. yes. And apologize for wrecking the home and then pray every day that God have mercy on your soul. And she thanked me. She like thanked me. Yeah, most I mean, people most people just, wouldn't, but at least she was open to it. Yeah, and most of the times it doesn't go well. I'm sure, I'm just sharing with your with your listeners a positive story because we have a lot of negative stories. Yeah. Now I could tell you five out of six times I have that story, it doesn't go well. But sure. you gotta share. And I ask other business owners, why do you not share? They well, I don't want to get sued. Well Do you believe in eternity? Yeah. Come on, man. Get serious. And the other thing is you, 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 you ask for a disclaimer before you share. You say, listen, I have to be truthful with you. Are you okay with that? Because you might not like what I'm going to say. Uh, but I, you know, I, I only shoot straight and I've done this with people. I do it. I do it on scripts. I do it. You know, people ask my advice and I'm like, yeah. I, I got to be straight with you. So, and by the way, everything that I tell you, look, you're free to take it or not take it. And I, I don't, yep. I don't have any, you know, I don't, I don't have a, a dog in this race. This is all for you. Yep. If this is my gift to you is my honesty. That's my gift to, to you. Right. And it right. costs me. It, it does. It costs me because gosh, it would be so easy. And I know people who do this, they just put their head down. They put the mask on. They just do the thing that, you know, they just go along to get along. What a horrible way to go through life though. Right. Well, you know, you you say, well, how did Hitler put all the people in the in the car? Yeah, I how don't did he say put that. all the people in the boxcars? Yeah. How do you? Well, in 1933, Adolf Hitler uh, defunded the police. A lot of people don't know that. 1933, Hitler defunds the police. Well, why would he do that? Well, he's making room for the brown shirts. And why was he making room for the? brown shirts it's because then they could come around and take away your personal possessions uh, and then by the way the influenza the fears of the influenza is how the nazi germany started adolf hitler and if you, everyone doesn't know that story just for sake of time type in influenza he, hitler and new york post and there you can learn about how adolf hitler used the influenza pandemic fear to uh the benefit of the rise of the nazi party and Adolf Hitler, I don't recommend your listeners quote a lot of Adolf Hitler. People look at you weird when you quote him. But he says, Adolf <laughs> Hitler, uh, you read the book Mein Kampf. And don't read the book Mein Kampf. But if you've read the book Mein Kampf, and I've read the book Mein Kampf, um, he says, tell a lie big enough. Yes. This is Adolf Hitler quotes here. Yeah, yeah. He says, if you tell a big enough lie and tell it frequently enough, right. it will be believed. Adolf Hitler, if you tell a big enough lie well, okay. and tell it frequently Right. Let's talk about that for a second. So, so if COVID is actually a lie, 
right? Because the numbers aren't bearing out. They've had to inflate the numbers. The New York Times just switched their metric again. So it used to be three days of rolling, three rolling days of deaths. Then it was Mm. uh, a week. Then it was 10 days of rolling deaths because it's not a big enough number to make a, to make an impact over seven days of rolling deaths. So now it's 14 days of rolling deaths, right? Well, you know, one thing I will say, this is really funny, Sam, somebody who used to be my friend a week ago posted on Facebook. It was beautiful. She said, I don't care if we have to close every yeah. business in, in America, right. whatever it, we have to do to get Trump out of here. That's what she no, said. No, and that's, that. really what the, that's what I'm, it's about. Right. That's, 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 that's it what it's about. The, so if it turns out to be a lie, was it a big enough lie? That's all I'm asking. Was it a big enough lie? Well, right? I, I can tell you this. The White House uh, made a poor life choice and invited me to attend the Donald Trump uh, rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I was personally invited by the White House to attend the, the Trump rally. I've never done that before. I've never had a White House press pass. So I'm sitting right up there. I mean, I'm, I'm within like 10 feet, 15 feet of the president. It's so, such an honor. It was great. And I was stuck in line with the media for hours. And let me tell you what, folks, at 445 Central, President Trump was supposed to speak at 7 p.m. Central at the Tulsa rally. At 445 Central, nobody's social distancing. Nobody's wearing a mask. The entire lower level of the Bank of Oklahoma Center, which seats 19,000 people, is full. And I'm with the media. Remember, they don't know that I don't share their worldview. And they're like, can you believe this? It is filling up. Could you believe it? Is these crazy people, these religious nuts. I mean, they're, they're uh, telling me these words directly. They're going, can you believe it? Someone's got to stop this. Yeah. Someone's got to. And one of the members of the media says to me, oh, it's going to get stopped today. I said, what? And they go, oh, I already heard about it. They're, they're going to stop it. I said, who's that? They go, oh, they're just going to send away the healthcare workers. And sure enough, at 445, it's like, er, 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 the water shuts off. No one can get in anymore. Oh. Then the headlines are, nope, shows up, disappointing rally. That is not true. And I was there, and I filmed it, and I put it on my Facebook page. And any of your listeners that want to see footage of it, I have the footage. Uh, but that thing would have been full. It's just a lie and a lie. And a lie. But these reporters were like, oh, oh, it's going to, it won't get full, trust me. And they knew because they knew what was going to happen. I mean, this is, it's craziness. It's jackassery. And what we have to do is we have got to vaccinate our uh, 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 friends and family with the truth. So I would encourage you, A, send them a link to the show. I mean, Sam, you're doing a great job sharing the truth every day. We're a team effort. Remember that the pay is low. The hours are long. Uh, it's like we're in a big multi-level hardcore pitching people on some product, but we don't get paid. There's no residual income. There's no pyramid. <laughs> we want to save America. Yeah. And let me tell you what, I'm an entrepreneur and most of my buddies who are entrepreneurs also believe that, that the COVID-19 chaos is absolutely a, a fear, a fear bomb, a dropped on America. And I'll tell you why it's because we're critical thinking people who do the research. We're used to digging. Right. But some of your friends are used to blindly accepting that yes. girl scouts should be able to go to boy scouts. Uh, and, and, you know, people who believe all right. that sort of upside down logic. Yeah. You, know, you got to help them. All right. Clay, th- uh, uh, Clay Clark, uh, thrivetimeshow.com. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm running out of time. Hey, now. you're a great. No, you're a great American. I thank you for putting up with me. I really do appreciate you. <laughs> thank you for your brilliance. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Listen, folks, uh, this is so f- funny because he's telling me to go online, and I quickly went over to check on Twitter, and guess what I found? Uh, let's see if I can play this for you quickly. Uh, just brilliant. Here's Margaret Sanger. believe in sin. When I say believe, I don't mean in believe in committing sin. Do you believe there is such a thing as, a, as sin? I think the greatest sin in the world is bringing children into the world that have disease from their parents. 
that have no chance in the world to be a human being, practically. Delinquents, prisoners, all sorts of things just marked when they're born. That, to me, is the greatest sin. They're marked when they're born. She was known to be a racist. This was just tweeted by Ted Cruz. It was right there. Well, it's actually a few hours old, but it was right there in my feed, right on the main screen, just as I opened Twitter. Planned Parenthood was founded by racist and eugenicist Margaret Sanger, who explained in her own words, we do not want word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And she elaborates. That's just uncanny. And that's the end of my show. Thanks so much for listening.